forever. Dog. Warning. The following podcast includes harrowing analysis of both hospitality industry wage increases and an elderly mouse doing a K-pop dance routine. Not to mention a white-knuckle unveiling of election results that have been publicly available for three days. Today, the Good Boy War Room finds out what the hell is going on in Anaheim. This is Podcast The Ride. Welcome to Podcast the Ride, the theme park podcast that is suddenly deeply invested in local politics because the story involves sandwiches. I'm Scott Gardner, joined by Mike Carlson and Jason Sheridan. Hello, my name is Mike Carlson, yes, uh, and I love sandwiches, but not as much as the man sitting next to me. Uh, yes, and I'm Jason Sheridan, and I have not eaten lunch yet, and that has fired off something in my brain. Oh, God, we lost you already. Uh, uh, I chose the wrong word. I triggered you. Uh, yeah, that's okay. I think, I think I'll be good. I had a slice of wheat toast with Nutella on it, Nutella on sale recently. Sorry, haters, <laughs> but a big old jar of Nutella. <laughs> the haters. How much was it on sale for uh i think it was how much was it <laughs> but $2, like a, two dollars 250 250 off or 250, uh, 250 after we get a dollar cash back what is it? <laughs> okay no, oh, dollar. okay that's all i want yeah. to know got it got it okay. okay this is as you will hear we're we're going to weave a, a story uh, that relates to the very recent midterm elections that does in essence emanate out from a sandwich restaurant, mm-hmm. uh, and we're very excited to to do this this highly topical, this politically charged mm-hmm. episode of Podcast Ride titled "What the Hell Is Going On in Anaheim?" A question that we've had for a while, and we're going to try to answer it here. Although the election sort of uh, changes what might be going on in Anaheim, uh, uh, but before we get into that, uh, uh, I should mention, uh, as always, the uh, uh, the Patreon, the second gate is open, and this week there's a, a new episode entirely dedicated to our good friend, hashtag Botanicus. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything we'd like to, to plug well, especially? Uh, it's, uh, it's about 90 minutes of a deep dive into the uh, secondary characters of the E.T. universe. As long as the episode that we did about the E.T. adventure, the entire ride, our first episode we've now equaled that length just about a single character yeah we've gotten much better at podcasting uh (laughs) so you can basically pay five dollars a month we have three extra bonus episodes we did disney quest and now the second episode in november is botanicus uh we've announced third is a club 33 we're going to talk about our visit there so uh yeah if you want to hear all about the flop gloppel and (laughs) senator griblebs uh, the other, the E.T. Senator in uh, the third Star Wars prequel, please go over to <laughs> Patreon.com. When I say it out loud, it sounds bad, yeah. but it's so good. And learn- I, there's a strong episode, I feel. I feel really good about it. I was very pleased with it. There, it starts yeah. out with Jason eating a protein bar and... <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm- more information about you haggling. Yes. Oh, yeah. The protein bar incident. There's a great haggling story. There's a great time where we stop uh, in the middle because it seems like you're taking selfies during our record. <laughs> so, yes. yeah, go head over there. Patreon.com. Yeah, that you can see on our Twitter. Slash podcast. You'll ride. also learn about the, the book sequel to E.T. where E.T. 
helps Elliot make time with a girl. <laughs> make time. Oh, make yeah. time. And where the or neck, where, whatever the wholesome old timey ways of saying that sort of thing are. Where El- and also where Elliot's phrase for his brother. Uh, penis breath mm-hmm. is put in E.T.'s mouth and I was thinking about that since we <laughs> recorded it and E.T. does not hear Elliot call his brother penis breath oh, I yeah. think that's before he lands and I think that's just like a one time insult I don't I don't yeah. believe unless it's all off screen that Elliot is constantly referring to his brother as penis breath yeah it's a good point uh, I as you as will maybe be revealed, I could email somebody <laughs> special to ask him about that question, mm. but I won't say who I'm talking about. Interesting. Uh, and then I guess the last tease I have for this uh, paywall episode of Botanicus is that who is a mysterious new character that has been created? Who is Patanicus? Ah. That's all I'll say. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Who we'll is that. Yes. Patanicus? You'll have to. <laughs> Enter the second gate to find out. So go uh, go to patreon.com slash podcast the ride and purchase your Patreon park hopper today. Yeah. I look, the holidays are coming up, lots of travel time. You need some more <laughs> podcast to- <laughs> content to enjoy on cars, planes, trains, automobiles. I like that you added that extra sell because it was like, well, if they weren't completely invested in hearing about Botanicus, it was like, I do have a long car ride coming up and I really should. You know, you got to look to the future, right? That's um, true, you do. You know, we all uh, in, engaged in, a, in an event this week that I would, I would describe as being akin to a long car ride. Uh, a, mm. a, 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 a major event in, uh, in the world of Disney that, in fact, is on in the background as we <laughs> record this uh, uh, T-Vode. Uh, uh, I'm talking about Mickey Mouse's 90th birthday celebration. Mm-hmm. And before we... Get into the you know local politics of Anaheim. I feel like everything's happening under the shadow of of Mickey's ninetieth, and uh, um, uh, yeah, Jason and I were. I think I think Mike was not watching it live, Mm-mm. eschewing your <laughs> duties as a <laughs> theme park journalist. Yeah, that's but, true. But doing what uh, a, a routine all three of us fall into, where two of us are very active on a group text, and one is uh, clearly yeah checked out the movies or driving or in the shower and totally honestly i may have been sitting on this couch watching something else (laughs) how how dare you i think i mean Lindsay was we were sitting watching something i think and i was like oh they're watching the mickey special okay well i'll get to this later and then also part of me was like i don't want any spoilers but i never (laughs) i didn't get to watch this i'm watching a lot of it now for the first time and now i'm watching it with the sound off so yeah Mm -hmm. Um, I'd like to say that I put on this special 100% because I saw a silent clip go by on Twitter in which Mickey Mouse with the fully articulated head that Mm -hmm. uh, smiles and talks and blinks, that Mickey Mouse was playing the drums. Mm -hmm. And so in that regard, I was not disappointed because he sure did play the drums. And I was just oddly little kid tickled by seeing a, a cartoon character play a real set of drums if he'd just been pantomiming nothing but knowing you could see he was hitting every tom and every cymbal and i really enjoyed that he uh mickey plays the drums in several different theme parks uh disneyland specifically first he mm-hmm. plays at the end of there's the one parade i forget what it is in disneyland where mickey is on the end of the big end of the float and he's just going nuts on the drums and it's my favorite thing and oh, I don't know. They I haven't done that. it in a while. 
Um, but it, it was a parade. I'm trying to think. It's not Sensational. Sensational was the Pixar one. So, no, Sensational was the one in uh, Florida. I think it was the mm, afternoon parade. I don't know about that. The, uh, maybe it was out here too. No. The Pixar Play Parade is the one. You're five, four, three, two, fun. No human uh, being could possibly keep all these parades straight Disneyland. in their brains. It is the Sensational Parade. Oh, That's it's, the, it's coming back. And too, it's coming back. It? It's Sensational. And the big finale of it is Mickey standing up playing the drums. And it's he's doing it. He's not pantomiming it. Wow. And I have so many videos from the years of being like, and like giggling under my breath. I'm like, Mickey's playing the drums. It's coming That's, back. That is exactly where I I was like like I was laughing in mm-hmm. a glee. It like it it just tickled me on this base level. Yep, uh, I'm uh, with you. This is as pure as I can get. Is my love of Mickey playing the drums? It's happening again, Agent Cooper. It's coming back. <laughs> I tuned in to see Mickey play the drums, uh, and in order to get to that, I had to wade through a lot of other stuff. Um, I have this whole thing where sometimes I'm watching entertainment that has, uh, celebrities that I've never heard of. And sometimes people say, well, this is because you are old and you just don't know who the hip new celebrities are. And other times I feel I am being gaslit and these people (laughs) are not actually that famous. Mm -hmm. And there was a time, there's an eighties, I obviously, okay, I'm always going back to eighties things, but the, uh, in, there was a, 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 I think a 1988 Mickey birthday special where he like goes to Cheers and Family Ties <laughs> and and he's hanging around Felicia Rashad and Cheech Marin. To me, these are like mono celebrity, monoculture celebrities. I don't know who so many of the people in this well, special were. I mean, am I look. am I wrong? I, or am I just kicking and flailing and denying that I am old? But I don't like. Look who's on right well, now. This, who is, this is NTC one two seven, and it's their first K- live performance of their of an English language song. Okay. So this they're I a think K-pop is, band. They're a K-pop band with about a dozen members, and I said, as I said in our group text. Uh, these sorts of ensembles always make me nervous because I have read articles similar to they operate similar to like Menudo did where like you have aged out. It is time for a new member. And they will oh, my God. Mickey's, in, Mickey's dancing and now with them Mickey's now. dancing. <laughs> Holy shit. This, Are you, is, this is your first time seeing this. I'm just seeing the whole special for the first time. And, I know he danced earlier and I loved it. And now he's back out. Here's here's what I will go right back to your question in a second. I, I had tickets to this show. <laughs> And each segment that comes on, I'm a little more regretful that I didn't go because because I asked my sister, I got tickets. I just signed up for them like any normal human. Then they said, you know, it's taping down by USC, which is like if you live up in Burbank, it's like I go all the way down there. Was it the shrine? Yes. Okay. And then it's like you got to be there at two. It doesn't start till seven, but you got to be there at two, and you got to check in, and you got to dress up. Oh yeah, this and is bad. I did that same the same like that that level of amount of time for the in order to be a seat filler at the two thousand five uh, MTV Movie Awards. Oh, and it was kind of a big hassle. Uh, right. Uh, although my although with my my uh, girlfriend at the time got to shake. Uh, peak Lindsay Lohan's hand. Oh, so that was that's something. Like, the, the whole cast of Mean Girls accepted an award together. and So actually, you know what? Maybe it was worth it. Right, it was, was good, but it. it was many, yeah. many hours and kind of a pain in the ass. Yes, by and large, if, if you've never been to a television show taping, uh, the word to call it would be in, 
interminable, right? That's how you say that word. I think uh, that's right. The so worst. For the old, I'll, I'll speak up for my my friends at the Conan show. They made that a pretty like tight, fun experience. I was yes. always pleased. Like if I had friends who came to visit. It was mm-hmm. like, oh, that was good. We weren't waiting around for hours and hours, and there's no retakes, and there's no. But you could yeah. tell this Mickey thing from miles away. It must have been the forever. most tedious event. Yeah, late night yeah. shows because they're so timed out and structured tend to be quicker. Sitcom yeah, yeah. tapings tend to be hell because it's like you go to see a play. And if a scene in a play didn't go well, you'll just see that scene again and again and again until someone is happy with how that scene went. Mm-hmm. Sure. And then you end up like, you know, 11 hours in. It's like, all right, round two of pizza. <laughs> yeah. Pass them down. Get them all the way down Enjoy to your neighbor. Your single slice of Little Caesars and your single bottle of water. <laughs> <laughs> Although, as you said that, did you have that thing trigger in your brain again? A little bit because I am a Little Caesars fan. <laughs> Let's count the food you references. Are a Little Caesar. Uh, so yeah. So anyway, I, uh, basically I was like, you know what, this is going to be a big slog. And then I was worried cause we watched that Disneyland special a few years ago, which is like the anniversary of Disneyland. And I don't think there was barely any Disneyland in it. It was just a really shallow, like look at the like movies and TV that we have. And it was nothing about the park. So I was like, there's that, maybe there's barely any Mickey stuff in this, mm-hmm. but now I'm seeing it. Mickey has danced twice already. He's played the drums once and I'm really feeling like we should have gone. That's all pretty good. But again, like the, so much of it was a slog. I mean, I'm just going to like leaf through the, what we were texting each other. Uh, I like, <laughs> I mean, Jason's texts in and of themselves. Mickey has made his grand entrance and now is doing a dance number to I can make your hands clap. <laughs> all right. That was great. I'll say this. I saw it. It was great. It was I liked great. it. I liked <laughs> Everyone was very, all of the dancers were very good. They were like, very good. And and the singers, anyone singing, the singers were good. Uh, although I, the implications of Megan Trainer singing You've Got a Friend in Me to her father, uh, with her father playing piano and then the West L.A. Children's Choir backing her up. Like, that was a very odd combination. What do you mm-hmm. mean? And her father was not like a musician. I was looking up who is Megan Trainer's dad because I thought it might be a clue as to why Megan Trainer has been oh, foisted upon us. Right. Like, oh, is he? He's like a Clive uh, Davis. But no, he's like a... Had a uh, Halliburton. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's not really any of that. I think what the, the, is there are parents like both dentists or something or huh. I forget it's or you know, jewelers. Megan Trainer's parents are both mm, jewelers. That's not nothing. Yeah, that's money, I guess. She but, could uh, be Clive Davis's jewel. Like they could be Clive Davis's jeweler. You gotta wonder if it's something like that. No offense to anyone who enjoys the music of Megan Trainer. I do not, and I don't understand why she sings like you got a friend of me like you uh, you are the whitest per- the whitest whitest person why where, where did all these extra vowels in your singing come from mm-hmm. uh not a fan um i there's well, i was just writing down quotes also some of the copy in this special the copy is incredible very strange such as Mickey was dreamed up by Walt Disney, an American man from the Midwest. <laughs> it truly sounds like a five-paragraph essay a high schooler wrote. Like, you know, I did Webster's see that, yes. defines Mickey Mouse as... <laughs> it was all... Well, the whole thing was uh, filler. And then... Yeah. Wait, what was that other bizarre copy? There was something... Oh, uh, describing Mickey Mouse as a round-faced cartoon character... <laughs> Who described him that way? Or was that in the narration somewhere? That was, it was either Sarah Highland or Kristen Bell. <laughs> like, 
This special was written by, they made the K-pop band write it and then translate it into (laughs) English. This is all like bizarre, the most base English I've ever heard. Well, and someone described like all the forms Mickey takes of like, and they showed like, you know, a toaster, toaster that looks like Mickey, TV that looks like Mickey. Uh, My favorite was, or sent down the runway in the form of a handbag. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then, as it, right after they said that, a fashion show happened very quickly while Al City started to play. The Al City song from the end of Wreck-It Ralph that was tweaked for the um, Paint the Night Parade. Like, when will I see, will you, I see again? you again? Oh, 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 that one. Yeah. Okay, so that is weird. That's coming up. I have... I have that to look forward to. You on get the a special. fashion show, and then they interview, you know, Annie Leibovitz and like various fashion people about why Mickey is a fashion icon and its simplicity of design. And they show you circles being formed <laughs> with a compass and all this bullshit. Well, he is a round faced, uh, <laughs> a round faced <laughs> cartoon character. Uh, my favorite uh, back and forth we had was I, I. Megan, oh, there's a warning on the screen. Megan Trainer in three minutes. <laughs> Thank, I needed that warning. Thank you. Uh, I texted uh, right before they went to commercial. The narrator said, Josh Gad, coming up. And I texted that. And uh, Scott, you said, always a good sentence. <laughs> Anytime you've got Josh Gad in your future. You'll be glad for Gad. <laughs> uh, I don't. Um, very, very bizarre thing. And then, like, also this. Probably the weirdest thing was this assertion that, like, because Mickey dreamed, Mickey's indomitable spirit opened the doors (laughs) to so many creative avenues, and then essentially asserting that without Mickey, there would be no... Star Wars and eventually <laughs> or Marvel no Universe Black Panther. No Black yeah. Panther. <laughs> like, okay, I know Disney owns these things now, but Mickey did not. It, how? What chart could you draw to where Mickey leads directly to Black Panther? <laughs> Extremely bizarre. Yeah, that is very bizarre. The, Jack the... Kirby buried again. <laughs> Yeah, there's a weird, I mean, all these corporations rewrite their history, but this is particularly bizarre because they're making it like Mickey was a real person that trailblazed for Black Panther. <laughs> like the narrative they're his, giving he off. He found spare time in his full-time duties as a, a fashion icon right. to pioneer, to invent Black Panther. <laughs> um, you also, here's what I think is that, you know, I mean, there's, there. I guess there's impressive celebrities who appear on stage like Kristen Bell and Josh Gad. They're very famous people. Uh, the Goldbergs actress is on right now. I think they just had, uh, was it Lamar Odom? One one of the Hamilton uh, actors. Who's- Lamar Odom? Is that, is that oh, no, name? Lamar Odom is a basketball player. But then you have to sit through a lot of, like, phoned in, like, Neil Patrick Harris didn't come. He just sent in a video. Right. And then this really rushed appearance by uh, AB, the crown jewel of the ABC empire right now, the host of the Alec Baldwin show, Alec Baldwin. <laughs> Um, hey, th- hey, happy birthday, Mickey. He's doing it like so you can you can feel that right where they cut. He's like, OK, I'm doing one more time and then I'm getting the fuck out of here. Uh, <laughs> and this aired two days after Alec Baldwin's arrest for punching a man in the face <laughs> in New York City. Yeah, uh, they did so- not edit that. out. They did get a quick clip from The Rock 
probably on the set of Jungle Cruise. Like, they got mm. him to say, like, hey, happy mm-hmm. birthday, Mickey. And he is My... one of the biggest movie stars in the world. That one makes sense to me. Sure, but also, uh-huh. are we as a society, are, is anyone still impressed by the phoned-in cameo yeah. filmed between the trailers <laughs> of whatever the real project is? Is anyone at home like, whoa, they got Cali Cuoco, to step outside of where she lives for three <laughs> seconds and like have the copy half memorized and whether it's a Disney special or whether it's a, a commercial encouraging people to vote, mm-hmm. like what are people, are people, is anyone impressed by trailer videos? Anyway? Well, I don't know about impressed, but I will say uh, I was emailing with my mom about something else and she did email me a link to this, uh, like the ad for it. And she's like, you did not tell me about this and I missed it. <laughs> Really? I was like, hmm. was I supposed to? Like, uh, it's of course it's now all been cut up and put on the ABC's YouTube channel, so you can see probably a hundred percent of it uh, in in a playlist form. So, uh-huh. um, I also also bizarre things like when when Tony Hale comes out that oh, yeah. Mickey says hiya pal. <laughs> um, <laughs> Mickey, they all, are for Tony Hale and Mickey are friends. friends. Yeah, well, Mickey's friend to all really. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. sort of his. But yeah, specifically, it does seem like he and Tony have a relationship mm-hmm. that extends past just his normal friendship. I think it's interesting that Mickey is sitting there. Did you see? Remember that Don Rickles Spike TV mm-hmm. like roast thing? Mickey is sitting in a very similar chair to where oh. like Don Rickles was sitting during his like a velvet like, couch. Yeah, like a velvet sorta. couch. The only thing that's different is that the people that come don't go over and sit with him for the rest of the show. Mm-hmm. So like Tony days. Hale's not sitting with Mickey the whole show, and yeah. they're like laughing it up. And there's certainly the is anything choir. but a roast. It's yeah, it's, no. it's just you know like praise that makes no sense about you know. <laughs> He's beyond an American icon. He's an intergalactic icon. And then, you know, they chiseled Mickey ears into the, they sent something to Mars or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, To correct myself earlier, the actor from Hamilton is Leslie Odom Jr., won a Tony for the role of Aaron Burr. Okay. Uh, Mar Odom uh, married to Khloe Kardashian, I believe. One of the, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, But both, both Lamar and Leslie would not have careers without Mickey Mouse. Mm-hmm. A fashion true. icon, a basketball lover, uh, and a, a historical rap lover. Yes. Mickey has always Mickey, been all of these things. Mickey loves it. Um, we just saw in between this, uh, one of the commercials with this, I was pointing out to Scott, uh, is for limited edition Mickey Mouse Beats headphones. Uh, and the the spokesman in the commercial was Lil Yachty. Uh, which is a very time like that is like uh, oh okay yes that that is very funny that Disney is in is part is, is like the current crop of famous people but well, like this, yeah Lil Yachty on, Megan Trainer Megan Trainer right now it's terrified me where Megan Trainer leads a giant children's choir over to the couch where Mickey is if I were Mickey I'd be scared of that like fifty children oh, all right. coming at me yeah um it's it was all. A little odd. The cutaways, we're looking at a cutaway right now. The cutaways are the fakiest thing. And this is why it's good that you didn't go, Mike, because I think you would have been directed for hours and hours this would have become such a chore for yeah because they like direct the audience like when the audience is like standing up and like the, look at everyone's faces and during these award, like shows or awards not award shows but like these weird specials everyone will if they're supposed to be excited will have these faces on that look so unnatural and not what excitement 
looks like. But it's clear that some director was like, all right, now we need this section to stand up and clap as loud and as hard as you can. And it's just this fake thing. And they do this a lot and they cut in inserts and. Yeah, it's a big yeah. pain in the ass. Especially things, for, uh, I was saying, for NTC 127's performance, the cutaways. You know the name of this band <laughs> pretty I well. I it in front of me. Uh, what uh, is it? Say it again. NTC 127. NTC That's a video format, isn't it? <laughs> yes, you have to export yeah, an NTC 127. Aspect ratio. Um, they, uh, the, the audience for that, I was saying, I couldn't tell if it was central casting seat fillers or ABC employees because it seemed like, it was just rows of of women who they're like, all right, they're good. now we're on you, and just look real excited, clap like like you're really into this. I just my big issue, uh, you know, I don't ever want to be just blindly nostalgic and something is better because it was in the past. But let me say this: like I was an active fan of like the VMAs in the '80s and the '90s. Oh yeah, and I like that there were sloppy. They were sloppy. There were mistakes. People did shit, and they didn't have cameras on, mm-hmm. and they had to react. And somebody acted out, or these Kanye moments, even up until recently. I love things like that. There's an Eddie Murphy hosted VMAs where it is so sloppy. He is not <laughs> rehearsed. He takes a camera back stage into a bathroom and everybody's like ah like he i don't think he told people he was gonna do it it certainly wasn't blocked out why have we all accepted that these specials are so glossy and hyper edited yeah. and there's no room for anything remotely interesting to happen see i always like the movie awards better because they always came at the start of summer and i'd get to see previews of like oh what <laughs> movies are coming out this summer and there was usually cool musical performances there mm-hmm. too. So, but then the VMAs always came at the end of summer, and I was like, "Oh no, summer's almost over. Summer's the VMAs on. are here." Oh, it's so, a, oh, so you have dread because you're like maybe like doing homework by then. Yeah, yeah, doing like uh, I had to do finish summer reading. <laughs> I had to finish this. <laughs> so in you five days. You're saying you don't care if it's taped or live or slick as long as you get to see movie trailers and it's the start of summer. I. <laughs> Well, I'm very easy to trick at the start of summer. Uh, uh, sure. But no, I agree with Scott. I like it when it's a little looser. It is so, sure. so very slick. I mean, I liked, I, I'm sure part, we talked about this on the, the Christmas like parade episode, mm-hmm. um, the Christmas specials, like we my family watch that every year mm-hmm. like christmas morning and if they're we, so boring now they're deeply boring they've now. gotten they've just gotten to the point i think where they are just trying to like mistakes are not tolerated they just the control is tightened so like because those old specials are boring but because they were rougher they were interesting yeah mm-hmm. and and again this is this might be nostalgia tricking me but some of those specials were like this is the shot live on Main Street right now. And we're like, well, cool. Disney, Disneyland on Christmas Day or Disney World on Christmas Day. And now it's all like they start filming that shit in October. They'll like take down the Halloween decorations and cordon off a little area to like, yeah, we're going to film this for the Christmas thing. Oh, yeah. It's, they're movies. It's inserts. Yeah. Uh, they're, yeah. They're filming audiences. It's, it's so preened as opposed to like. Let's let Regis do whatever he wants mm-hmm. and like get people's names wrong yeah. and mishear Where things. Where are you from? And- Where are you from? Where are you from? All right, back to you. So if we were going to plus up this Mickey special, mm-hmm. uh, what do we get? Regis or Eddie Murphy to host it? <laughs> Maybe both of them. I don't know about current Eddie Murphy. But current Regis for sure. Yeah. yeah five year old Regis. Uh, I just give him no time to rehearse. It could even be all the same stuff. I want people to uh, trip. I want uh, mm-hmm. I want Mickey's eye to fall out. Right. Problems. 
Uh, and then like Mickey will speak a lot. Like whoever's doing Mickey's voice has to be on a mic behind the stage and they just has to react to whatever people say or do. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. And um, the audience and everybody should be fed a lot of booze and people should be able to <laughs> shout whatever they want at Mickey and he has to deal with it. Uh-huh. And still the K-pop band NTC127 should be there, right? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. They're staying. Oh, they're staying there. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, Mike, I don't want to ruin the end of this for you, but it does right, end with That's okay. Mickey coming out in his classic, you know, red pants and... Hey everybody, Tim Heidecker here with huge news. Office Hours Live recorded another episode live. It was one of our great ones with the great Rory Scovel, who's got a new special out on MAX. Oh, yeah. And the Trinity's here. DJ Doug Pound. Yes, hello. And Victor Berger the Fourth. Hi, hi, hi. Can't wait for the fifth. We enjoy the heck out of doing the show, and so will you. If you find us on the podcast app of your choice, now. Tail, you know, the shorts, tails. Oh. No, no, no. Like his formal attire, his form, formal conductor Uh-oh, attire. Josh Gad's here. Uh, Josh Gad has <laughs> just showed up on screen. My impression um, of Josh Gad is like the Pillsbury Doughboy. It's like, hello, I'm Josh Gad. <laughs> that is kind of a, his voice when he's doing like his, his like sticky voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He gets cheeky. I'm Olaf, the snowman. <laughs> I'll also, I, you know, I know he's not affiliated with the company anymore, but no. Disney special is any good in my book without the terrible acting of Michael Eisner. So oh, my yeah. request is that still, though he's not in charge of the company, mm-hmm. this event should be hosted live on stage by Michael Eisner. It's <laughs> sure. the only way I'm happy. Oh, uh, Hello. Oh, yeah. Mickey comes out Michael in formal wear. All his friends come out, too. And then he stands. Who are his friends? Oh, Pluto oh, and okay, Scoofy and... Not NTC127. Uh, I think <laughs> everyone comes out at the oh, end, okay. actually. Everyone from the special. And then Mickey is raised up on a platform that then becomes a, a tiered birthday cake. And he starts dancing again, but a little looser dancing. And the song that is playing is... Um, uh, Zero to Hero from the Hercules soundtrack. <laughs> what? Now? <laughs> yeah, now, at the very end, at the grand finale of Mickey's birthday party. But hey, he's the birthday boy. He gets the song he wants, right? I know we need to wrap this up, but also my big comment is that this special, if you're asking what the core of the special was, it's pretty much people come out and sing When You Wish Upon a Star and You've Got a Friend in Me to Mickey, which makes me think, so Mickey only likes the songs that his company made yes he likes songs where ultimately like at the end of the day the songwriting royalties go to me (laughs) you performing this is money in my pocket (laughs) my favorite song is corporate synergy (laughs) hey have you ever found yourself at an airport with a dead phone and an awful old carry-on with sticky wheels You're stuck. You don't know what to do. That's what happened to the guys who started Away. They had a better idea. Luggage with power. Away creates special carry-ons and luggage that are designed to be resilient, resourceful, and essential to the way you travel today. Both sizes of the carry-on are able to charge all cell phones, tablets, e-readers, anything else that's powered by a USB cord right in the luggage. The material is sleek and ultra-durable. They use high-quality materials while offering a much lower price compared to other brands by cutting out the middleman and selling 
directly to you. You can uh, choose from a variety of colors and sizes, the carry-on, the bigger carry-on, the medium, and the large. Uh, I'm going to Japan soon. I'm really excited, but I don't have a good carry-on, a good functional carry-on that could charge your phone. I am so excited to try a way to take it to Japan with me. Uh, these things are easy to carry up and down stairs. They're so lightweight, and I'll be able to charge my phone. I don't have to worry about it dying on the trip. It's going to make my vacation so much easier, and I'm very excited. Uh, for $20 off an Away suitcase, visit awaytravel.com and use promo code THEMEPARK during checkout. That's $20 off if you go to awaytravel.com, use promo code THEMEPARK. Away, first-class luggage at a coach price. Hi, folks. Jason here. You know I'm a frugal man, and I hate paying a lot for a crappy quality product. At Everlane, that doesn't happen. Upgrade your go-tos and your style and make Everlane's classics your new favorites. I've gotten clothes on Everlane for myself and for others as gifts, and they're always a hit. Everlane only makes premium essentials using the finest materials without traditional markups. And they tell you their real costs, so you know you're never overpaying. Everlane wants you to know what you're paying for and why. They're radically transparent about every step in the process, from the materials they use to the ethical factories they work with. Because Everlane sells directly to you, their prices are 30 to 50% lower than traditional retailers. Everlane's clothes look better, cost less, and last longer. Essentials like their Cotton Crew t-shirt are exactly what they should be. Simple, stylish, and made from quality materials. Some stuff on Everlane I'm fond of include the 365 Crew, the Nylon Weekender, and the Slim Fit Jean. Everlane's timeless essentials are just what you're looking for. No frills, just quality. And right now, you can check out our personalized collection at everlane.com slash theme park. Plus, you'll get free shipping on your first order. That's everlane.com slash theme park. everlane.com slash theme park. The, the subtext, of course, to this special uh, is that it was a joint birthday between uh, Mickey Mouse and the many anniversaries of when public domain laws have been changed so Mickey and Superman do not go into the public domain. Sure. Which yep. that'll be coming up again soon. Coming up again. And I wonder how they will rule. Um, I, yeah. Well, you know, when that happens, uh, Disney will flex their considerable muscle as they have done in the elections that transpired on Tuesday. Uh, we are recording this hot on the heels of the midterm elections, which uh, I hope that uh, wherever you are listening to this, that you're mildly happy with whatever happened in your area. I think we can agree that it was not a blue wave, but there was some blue. There are some blue speckles and some nice things that yeah, that occurred. Very good stuff happened. California kind of ate shit, but uh, yeah, uh, uh, we'll be fine. We're in saying the long there's run. some there's some good ones. We're yeah. we're just catching with a couple like uh, this, this one in Orange County seems to have flipped blue and uh, oh yeah, Katie, Katie Hill. Katie Hill. Uh, uh, we Gavin for some reason, someone. yeah, yeah, for some reason California denied a rent control measure that uh, you know probably screws us and everyone who's ever been on this podcast and everyone who's ever been <laughs> yeah. on any podcast mm -hmm. a large portion of uh, uh california residents rent not own and uh that proposition had a lot of money coming in from massive massive real estate companies uh the no on that proposition mm -hmm. 
so there's there are some bummers. There's there's some good things, but we were primarily invested in the midterms as to how it affects Anaheim and the future of the Disneyland Resort. And this is all this is all legitimate stuff. And I th- until we started talking about doing this episode, I don't think we realized how much was on the line for Disney. And we will reveal to you as we go how things landed for Disney. Um, yes. Also, if you are not in California or Disneyland is not your like primary park, home park, whatever, there will be plenty of theme park infrastructure talk, which everyone loves uh, when we do. <laughs> mm-hmm. So and we will make a point to try and contextualize it in in terms of larger theme park comings and goings and uh, uh and, and if none of that interests you i will still like quiz jason about his diet periodically during the <laughs> yeah, episode absolutely. there'll still be some treat bullshit i'm mm-hmm. sure <laughs> uh, um so all right if, if we're talking about disneyland and how it compares to other resorts uh in florida they set up this Fake shadow government, the Reedy, the Reedy Creek Improvement it's District. Cra- I was reading about yeah. it. Yeah, it's crazy. They, they're they just their own government. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And they did that by design mm-hmm. so that they didn't have to deal with the surrounding city as they did in uh, uh, when they started Disneyland in 55. Uh, uh, you know, Disney has always had to curry favor with the city uh-huh. of Anaheim, and they didn't buy all the land that they maybe would have wanted to because they didn't know if it was going to be a, a hit or a flop. So by the time Florida comes around, they have a shadow government. Yes. Um, but not the case in Disneyland. Right. I read that at, the, at Florida that Disney World government can issue municipal bonds. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> that just Disney, the Disney company... Yes. Ultimately. And I'm sure we're going to talk at some point about Celebration Florida, but there was just a very good, is the YouTube channel Rob Plays, is that the name of it? If that's what's in my head, that's probably it. There was a very good uh, series of YouTube videos about Celebration Florida, which was all this effort to, that's Disney's town that they built on the outskirts of the Disney World property. And it was like, they were going to like lose the land if they didn't do something with it. So, all right, let's build a town. And they since have divested from the town and it was kind of a disaster. And And it's going back to nature almost, it sounds like. (laughs) Things are not going great in Celebration Florida. Crazy colonial houses are being reclaimed by swampland and plants and alligators. Apartment buildings condemned. Uh, There's a very interesting article out there about the movie theater, and they built a big movie house, and that the people actually really did love. And then I think AMC took over running it, and then they divested from it, and then the locals tried to buy it, but then there was issues with that, and the building is not doing well. It's a real fucking mess. So like, now it's mm-hmm. just filled with wasps. It's a wasp sanctuary. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> um, I, yeah, so to... <laughs> That's just funny that like, all right, what happens if Disney does control a city? It's a horrible, (laughs) notorious mess. So instead, uh, but it doesn't seem to be any better necessarily when they have to do a little dance with the the city that they're in. So let's, we'll we'll step you through this bit by bit. If anybody listening to this follows Disneyland news, then you're maybe aware of a couple odd things that have been happening all year. Um, About a year ago, we recorded a podcast in which we eulogized some uh, businesses that were being removed from the downtown Disney shopping district. Yes, that's right. Uh, Disney announced plans to build a luxury hotel 
uh, at the outskirts of downtown Disney. And in order to do this, they were going to have to get rid of the AMC Theater, the Rainforest Cafe, the ESPN Zone, and of course, Earl of Sandwich. We did eulogies for all of these establishments. They were all going to disappear, and then they did disappear. All of these places were taken out of downtown Disney. Closed. And then oh, to go back a year farther, in, in 2016, they first announced this new hotel, right? And mm-hmm. it the plans had the plans have since changed a couple times. This new hotel was going to be a 700-room, four-diamond hotel built on top of the downtown Disney Resort, so north of these restaurants that closed. Oh, yes. Okay, okay. Uh, uh, and and, and, and by they the put way, out some very scratchy concept art. Mickey hugging a child in a lobby, uh, a pool, and then the rooftop bar, lounge, restaurant that would have views into the park and you'd be able to watch fireworks there. Mm-hmm. Sounded pretty nice. And by the way... Uh, Four Diamond Resorts are a big deal for the city of Anaheim. Yes. Something that they want, something that they're after, and something that they are issuing tax subsidies in order to encourage to happen. Yes, because Not right just now, Disney, but other uh, property, the people who run the Garden Walk Mall that's right nearby have talked about building Four Diamond Resorts, too. It's better for their... Uh, um, a convention business to have a higher yes. tier of, of hotel. Yeah, because right now the only four diamond resorts are the Disneyland Hotel and the Grand Californian Hotel. Oh. But there are multiple other four diamond resorts coming. Yeah, like you said, at the Garden Walk, the Annabelle Hotel, which I always thought seemed like a very nice hotel, mission style building, kind of right behind California Adventure, mm-hmm. closed over the summer, and they're leveling it and building like a a new Annabelle Hotel that will be twice as big and will be a four diamond resort. Oh, interesting. And then I think there's two others coming on top of that. Okay. So this is all this is all good news. Anaheim's getting sure. along with Disney. They're uh, they they want to uh, they're going to build they're nice hotels. They're going to get these tax incentives. Uh they'll add more parking for downtown Disney and there was going to be a, a parking garage or uh next to it or underneath um, for the new hotel and for downtown Disney. Mm-hmm. But then... But then, cut to a year later, mm-hmm. the plans of the hotel have changed. They've moved about a block, only a block south. Mm-hmm. But the building looks... It was still about the same number of rooms, but it looks massive. Mm-hmm. It was going to enc- uh, uh, encompass the monorail stop, and it was going to be built on top of, like, yeah, the movie theater... The Starbucks on that part of the property. Oh, yeah. The ESPN Zone, the Rainforest Cafe, and the Earl of Sandwich. Yeah. Which Uh, was not very old, the Earl of Sandwich, either. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah, 2012, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, and and I think part of the reason they moved it from, instead of the hotel being built over by the Mickey and Friends parking garage, which you know about because we talked about it, uh, instead of there, they wanted to move it onto the monorail path. Yeah. So they did this. It's fine, right? It's just somewhere else on our property. It was not fine. The no. city of Anaheim, uh, furious about this. It, it technically to move the hotel required a different address. Uh, like this is not the same. It's not with the plans that you filed with us. So uh, we can't approve it, and the tax subsidies you would get uh, uh, would not be part of this. Right, and it also cost the move cost jobs it closed all forced all of these businesses to close mm-hmm. now right. i believe they were trying to reallocate people's positions within 
either the resort or these independent, these companies, Starbucks, AMC, you know, find the employees new jobs, but that's still like a lot of businesses closing right at once. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Rainforest Cafe gutted ESPN zone. If you go there right now, it still says ESPN zone, but there's nothing on the inside. This is a very <laughs> odd thing for a Disney shopping district to have just shuttered buildings. Shuttered buildings. And clearly playing football games on the outside TV. The outside TV. They still show the games. Still on. Yeah, yeah, they're what? on. That's the weirdest thing. Yet. I I think you're right, but also I was thinking about what is the reality where these screens aren't on and the lights aren't on, and it just looks like a scary building probably, so it makes sense to me that something is on those TVs, but it is weird. Sure. Yeah. And they've made an effort to make that this zone of downtown Disney feel like a little street fair. They kept the stage going where you can mm-hmm. see, you know, some swing band or whatever it is, and they put up, there's a bunch of food trucks, uh, um, but none of it truly distracting from the fact that there's a gutted movie theater uh, um so what has happened now is a pretty unprecedented event uh in in disney history that a closed shop the earl of sandwich has been reopened mm-hmm. the earl of sandwich is back i saw it with my own two eyes a I couple there. nights ago ah really now i've mm-hmm. never really eaten at the earl of sandwich i have only been once mm-hmm. with me I think right when it first opened, yeah. Mm-hmm. What's the what's the read on the quality of the Earl of Sandwich? It is above average for Disney. That <laughs> so is, not good. Well, I wouldn't say not good. I would say like it's a it's very reasonably priced for Disney, uh, and I don't know. I think it's one of the better options for cheap lunch. Yes, it's one of the few counter service options in officially in downtown Disney. You go go to the hel- hotels and get decent counter service too. Okay. A couple of the sandwiches are better than others. I'm trying to think the one I like. Like the one that's the first one, whatever that one is. Yeah. Like they have that gobbler. Sandwich. I feel like that was a big thing when they opened. They the have gobbler? Like the, yeah, gobbler's like Thanksgiving dinner on a roll. Oh, okay. I never um, had that one. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's one of the better places to eat for $7. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was my salvation in Paris because they I was able to go in there and get a cup of tea and a banana because I was so desperate in Paris for something not just soaked in salt. So, hey, thanks for the banana Earl of Sandwich. I think something about the brand weirds me out in general. I feel like, at least in the Paris one, I didn't love the smell of the facility. Uh, I, the, I Some of the shots of the sandwiches gross me out a mm-hmm. little bit. They Some of them seem unbelievably rich. And, and I have this other thing with the Earl of Sandwich which I think will become a Patreon episode at some point, which is the owner of Earl of Sandwich, Robert Earl, who also owns Buca de Beppo and Planet Hollywood. And there is a seer. I, I, you know, I don't even want to get into it. I, yeah. Uh, uh, we, we may I have will, talked about him a little in the past. Yeah. But, uh, uh, um, we will delve into this, the Robert Earl in general, but there's, let me just say that Robert Earl... Uh, gives me an icky feeling about mm. this brand. <laughs> uh, uh, in 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 addition to the je- the icky feeling I get by looking at it, but you can attest to the quality. The f- quality of the food is like mm, pretty good. Fine. It's okay. Good. Okay. Gotcha. I also uh, will recommend the the pizza Napoli, the Via Napoli, whatever the pizza slices to go in downtown Disney. Very good. I didn't oh. know they did to go. Uh, yeah, I think it's been closed for a little while because I think they've been redoing a lot of that. You building. have to demand it though. <laughs> What's <laughs> that for them to do this to slices to go? 
you have to stand at the desk and say, I want a with piece. With a gun? Yeah, like Jason. Was. Oh, I see. You're teasing me. I yeah, get yeah, it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, you, you know, downtown Disney's in a good zone right now. I yeah. feel like they're mm-hmm. adding some good uh, some good establishments in general. Uh, uh, Splitsville is uh, fairly high quality. Salt you know, and we'll, straw. We'll get, we'll get into this in, uh, you know, a number of sectors mm-hmm. uh, at some godforsaken point in the future but this is just this this is the odd crux events that made us have to talk about a lot of stuff a sandwich place closed entirely all the signage removed the all the, the kitchen implements are out of there and now it is back they hired back. back up and it's like it never happened this awkward situation presented by the bizarre uh, nature of Disney's relationship with the city of Anaheim at yeah, this and, moment. And it started like once you start reading about all this and then it ties back to the parking garage fiasco from the year prior, which yeah. is they were going to build a big parking garage and have a whole new hub across from Harbor. And then the city was mad because they didn't want those businesses to suffer because it would have just been a bridge from the parking garage. You couldn't access Harbor and the local businesses. Yeah, let's let's slow down because you're you're going very fast through that because that was long <laughs> like visitors uh, go going fast above shitty restaurants like to, I, I was just trying to make sure the episode doesn't go three hours <laughs> I, so the, but the current state of the hotel is that it was can the project was canceled the mm-hmm. eastern gateway which was the name of this parking garage mm-hmm. that was going to be for people coming from disneyland from uh south of the resort uh they were going to direct the traffic coming from the south that garage and coming from the north to the Mickey and Friends garage. All this because, and people who've been to Disneyland recently now know that they are building a new parking garage right next to Mickey and Friends. And don't worry, we'll be covering it at length. Yes. Mm-hmm. But um, Disney is in sore, sore need of more parking because Galaxy's Edge is going to be a clusterfuck. It's going to be so crazy when that thing opens. It's crazy already. Every time we're there, we talk about how are they possibly going to add an entire Star Wars it's the embark essentially on top of what we already have new parking sorely needed they had this whole plan for a gigantic structure and the city of anaheim said no not happening because they had this crazy scheme that yeah to get into the resort from that side of the property you would have to go into like the ground floor of this massive structure through the security setup and over the sky bridge uh you you would not be able to enter off of the street anymore directly into the esplanade to security there. You were going to have to take the sky bridge in so that they could send everyone through security in the garage, take the walkway above Harbor in then into the esplanade. That pissed off, yeah, all of those restaurants. And there's quite a few hotels mm-hmm. that are right there along Harbor, many of which market themselves as like the closest hotels to the main entrance of Disney, closer than the Disneyland Hotel and Paradise Pier Hotel, mm-hmm. distance-wise. Um, so and now there's a big, clunky concrete bridge blocking views, blocking your path, uh, that they're like sending people through the sky above local businesses mm-hmm. that have been there for decades and decades. Yeah. It wasn't a good look, I will say this. It's a thing they need. It's a thing I kind of wish they would get to build, but not the best mm-hmm. scenario for the neighborhood. There seems like there was a solution where they could let people exit the bridge and at least go down onto Harbor. Yeah. Yeah. But they and don't want to do that because they want to they're trying to choke all those businesses out. So that eventually they, they can, go out of business and Disney can keep buying 
buying up uh, property. Yeah, property. yeah, that's what they're doing everywhere. I mean, I think they're hoping the Garden Walk just literally like folds into the ground before they buy it because like they think... want all of that. They want everything there, but they want to pay like dirt cheap prices for it's it. It's got to be the plan. And this is if you haven't been to the Garden Walk, it is this shopping center. Uh, not even that close to Disney. It's a pretty awkward zone, but it does bridge. It would bridge yeah. a parking garage to a potential third gate, which yes. is sort of south of the convention center and mm-hmm. all this stuff. So, yeah, I absolutely. And if you go around that mall, nobody is there. <laughs> it is so desolate. If you can imagine that the opening of the new House of Blues did not transform the area immediately, <laughs> I really think that Disney is trying to like burn this mall to the ground without like technically doing it. I mean, mm-hmm. just by the sheer nature of being a, a mall in America... The diagnosis is not good. (laughs) Yeah, why get into that business any time past 2005? Yeah, unless you can fully commit resources to like an outdoor mixed-use Americana, uh, Glen, you're referring to the kind of thing. These are L.A. Disney-esque mall, outdoor mall, the Americana in Glendale, which has a trolley and Frank Sinatra music and a fountain show. Yes. So if you're going to do a fountain show and a trolley, by all means, build a sure, mall. Sure, go nuts. But no, yeah. not a normal mall. Yeah. Um. So, you know, all of this combative relationship is somewhat fueled by the the mayor of Anaheim, Tom Tate. And Tom Tate essentially was was promising to be tougher on Disney. And 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 I think it, there's been this tension that has gone for many, many years. It goes back to our episode about the McGean Friends garage where you know back then in in, i'm sorry in the in the 90s when disney was thinking about building their second gate not in anaheim but over in long beach part of that was disney saying hey anaheim hey residents of anaheim taxpayers build us a parking garage yes and uh through the years disney has or uh, like the city of anaheim has uh, stood up and said no we're not gonna play ball like that and it's probably never been tougher than under mayor tom tate yeah, and like to just a few things. There's a there's a big article in the LA Times about it, which is when Disney got pissed and tried to pull like the access to early movies from the LA Times critics and oh, shit. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, but like stuff like that, Mickey and Friends parking garage, Anaheim paid for it. They just paid for the whole thing, and then they just charged Disney a dollar rent every year, and Disney collects the money from it. So there's like con- there's like so many examples of. Anaheim paying for something and Disney getting all the money the Anaheim wanted to put like a dollar tax on the tickets Anaheim, and Disney's like no way <laughs> and yeah in LA Times it was like that would have been a billion dollars for Anaheim which is not doing so well as a city right now no. there's a lot of problems in Anaheim I there was a little run where I was taking my bike down and riding along the river uh, that goes right past uh, Angel Stadium and uh, you know kind of kind of weaves through uh, the eastern zone of Anaheim, it is scary around there. There are yeah. massive shanty towns, like gigantic, right at the border of Angel Stadium, and that, and you know, not that far from Disney, there are you know there are gangs and there are murders and like there's you know it's it's a like the the take Disney out of the equation. The city of Anaheim has a lot of problems and is really struggling and needs some help. Yeah, I, California at large, like so many places, there's a huge homeless population. Like, there's a huge homelessness issue, uh, uh, and 
Anaheim, yeah, it's awful. I mean, I would say the city council and the Disney company should be ashamed of themselves, but uh, corporations and government entities are not human, contrary to Supreme Court rulings, <laughs> and cannot feel shame. Uh, I sure. hope the people in charge of these organizations sleep a little poorly at night. They don't. They don't because <laughs> they this is of money. how uh, capitalism is meant to work. Like that dollar, yeah. the dollar of rent a year, that happens all the time. Like anytime a sports stadium is built, the mm-hmm. city or the county or the state has essentially paid for that. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's yeah. a common thing, but it's like, it doesn't make sense if the place where you are operating your business like is suffering so poorly that like you're not helping out at all and where the be yeah, the people who li- live around there couldn't possibly afford to go to the places that are getting right all yeah. of the money and you bring like, up sports stadiums let me bring another thing into this which is very similar degree of politics going on with the angels right now tom tate has been tougher on the angels than uh, previous mayors and is like it, it's that kind of thing it's like no we're not gonna pay for you to get nicer luxury boxes or whatever and the uh, owner of the angels is furious and he in fact has been threatening to take the angels out of there mm-hmm. they have to stay in southern california somewhere but they're starting to look in tustin they're starting to look uh, in carson i believe so with all this Disney stuff going on, same syndrome going on uh, with the angels. And it got so bad, in fact, that the people perceived the angels changing their name to Los Angeles Angels as a fuck you to Anaheim <laughs> and to Tom Tate. Yeah. Like, how dare you treat us like this? We're not going to even mention Anaheim and try to get tourism to Anaheim. Mm-hmm. Uh, we consider us part of L.A. We're not giving you a name check anymore. And that's one of the only things that uh, that's one of the only Tom Tate moves Disney may have liked because there's also rumors that Disney will just take all that land where there's a baseball stadium and level it and put at least, you know, a parking garage or something or probably another park or potentially a third gate or a and fourth I gate. Was, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really. Or like, something else they need desperately talking about uh, people taking advantage stuff, employee parking because oh, sure. employees have to park so far away and get bussed in. It's it's one of the biggest examples of wage theft in America by a company of the workers. Second, probably to like Amazon employees having to spend half an hour going through metal detectors and not getting paid for that time. Is that right? That's the case. Yeah. Whether whether it's a conscious thought in the people at Disney, the higher ups at Disney or not, I think that at least subconsciously or just by the nature of how all this works, they are hoping that literally the whole city of Anaheim becomes uninhabitable and everyone needs to sell to them. Like that is sort of, I think the thinking of like, we're going, eventually this is going to be as big as Disney world, maybe in 30 years, let's just wreck everything around us. And Mm -hmm. then we'll come in and buy everything up. I don't know if they're really thinking in those terms, but that is what's happening. That That is is the desired result. And also if that does happen, they're not going to share it with their workers. They're not sharing that wealth with their workers. There was an well, article that'll come up too in this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's been multiple articles over recent years of like Disney employees living super far away, or in some cases living in their cars mm-hmm. because they're being paid such low wages by Disney. Yes, and now Disney has committed to paying fifteen dollars as a minimum, but. We'll loop back around to that because yeah, I yeah. didn't realize there's a little 
caveat there. Yeah, um, there's a, that is incredibly loaded. So to get things to get things closer to the the midterms that have just occurred, uh, this luxury hotel is canceled, and it's canceled because of this address change. Uh, you know, you said you're going to build it there, not there. Now, in another scenario. Uh, and with another mayor and with another city council, it might be like, oh, that's an easy change to make. Absolutely. But Disney pissed off Anaheim with this Eastern Gateway parking garage. And I think there was pressure on the city council and the mayor to uh, be harder. And for that's what they were elected to do was to be firmer uh, to Disney. So they uh, did not play ball. They rejected this this hotel thing. And then, OK. There's also the, the this as we we're saying there's this issue with the four diamond hotels where any Anaheim wants these things so they are offering tax subsidies which would make it much cheaper uh, to pay um, uh, it make it much cheaper to build these hotels uh, um, but as part of the tax subsidies you would have to agree to a measure which is on the ballot this week. And the measure is not just Disney, but all the uh, all the hotels being built in the near future have to start at fifteen dollars an hour and in go up a dollar every single year. Uh, very reasonable, like reasonable, a uh, reasonable measure. Mm-hmm. And I'll go ahead and, and spoil this: passed, mm-hmm. passed by a slim margin uh, uh, in Anaheim. Yes. And you know, this so this will is... apply to any new. Hotels that taking are built. the tax incentive. Any new hotels taking uh, the Anaheim tax incentives will start to go from fifteen, sixteen, seventeen dollars an hour. Yeah. Good mm-hmm. wages for employees. Great. This is good. Wages have been stagnant across the country for years. Mm-hmm. So, and let anyone who's like, "Wow, fifteen dollar minimum wage," and in a few years, eighteen dollar minimum wage. People living it up in California. The price of uh, to live in California is much more expensive than where you may uh, live and be hearing this. Absolutely. Uh, so this is good, right? Hotels will be yeah. paying people more money. Disney will be paying people more money. Mm-hmm. Not so fast. Here's what happened in July. Disney says we we've heard Bernie Sanders. We've heard what people have been saying. Fifteen dollars an hour and we'll start moving things up. Forty five cents a year. Different than a dollar. Pretty different from a dollar in August. Because of all of these problems with the hotel, Disney says, you know what? Forget about it. We're not going to do it. And we don't need those tax subsidies. So don't (laughs) worry about it. Thus. Skirting uh-huh. Measure L, which this week has passed. Measure L would have required them to pay more than 45 cents an hour. Would have, they would have been a dollar more per worker. Right. So they're saying, you know what? We did the math. Fuck it. We'd rather not get the tax subsidies, but also not have to pay our workers more. Yeah, so it's very, but it, but it's of course framed in a PR way of they're doing something yeah. very altruistic because they're saying, you know what, they, like the press release and everything was like, you know what, it's just gotten too tense between us and the government. You know what, never mind. Those subsidies, we're not going to take them because we just want a fresh start. We want everything to be good between the two of yeah. like, the parties. Yeah, and also, let, there's one other twist to that. When they did agree to the $15 minimum uh, wage for union employees, for non-union employees, they gave them 
something like a $15 and 65 cent an hour minimum wage. Oh, a yeah, common union busting, like shitty, oh. like flipping off, flipping you the yeah. bird just sort of tactic. Shit, just a shitty little dig at the union, basically, to say like, fuck you for being in a union. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, wow. mean, petty shit. So let me just, let's reset and make this a little personal for a minute. As you can hear, we're not happy about any of this. And in general, you've certainly picked up that we are pretty on the left side of things politically. However, However. we love Disneyland. We love Disney World. You've heard us talk for many, many hours about all of these things. It puts us in a pretty odd place. And I, I'm, I feel so mixed up at this point. Well, sure. Well, I mean, the bomb that everyone says nowadays is there's no ethical consumption under capitalism. Like, where should we turn our attention to? Video games? Red Dead Redemption 2, they were working people a hundred hour, like on hundred hour weeks to oh, get this st- yeah. dumbass fucking game That makes done. me so mad. I just want to chill out and just watch one of my favorite movies. Like, I don't know, Sausage Party. Uh, yeah, oh, something sure. where people well, were treated great uh, and with respect. Yep, yeah, no, they they pulled a real screw job on the animators. Uh, what? what, what? Too. No, uh, we all personally, I'm sure, have many stories of being screwed about uh, <laughs> sure. various yep. jobs mm-hmm. right. in our industry, and we are all in uh, at least one union. Uh, Mm-hmm. Yeah, right I mean, now. sometimes yeah. multiples and sometimes ones that you have to join, but then they like re- severely limit what that union can actually mm-hmm. do and they lay like, the unions weak, but you have to join it anyway. There's uh, yeah, there's all kinds of odd chicanery. Yeah, boy, a lot of stuff's uh, not good, huh? Yeah, uh, everything's bad. Um, so when we're talking about this, it became kind of apparent to us. I guess we weren't even really fully understanding it until weeks ago mm-hmm. is that in times where the government kisses Disney's ass and does probably bad stuff for humans, individual people, that's the time when big stuff is built. Mm-hmm. Yes. So very quickly it was obvious. Cause like when we were talking back by that parking garage, there was a whole other plan supposedly for whatever Marvel land was going to be. And it was going to uh, come out in the Esplanade. And like, there was a whole like California adventure was going to change because of the nature of the bridge and because they weren't going to have to put security where it currently is in that south yeah, side of it. They could claim a little of the Esplanade property because right. no one was going to be walking. Oh, there. I didn't know that, actually. I mean, this I, this was never like officially announced, but the mm-hmm. word was we're pulling, we're moving like the boundaries of Disney's California adventure out. This is all rumor, but I think it makes a lot of sense because when you sure. see the... Because uh, now we they think have the space. Marvel essentially, most likely, is happening. I mean, we know a lot of it is replacing uh, uh, Bugs, Bugs, Land. Bugs Land, but there was also talk of it replacing kind of this desolate Hollywood studio right. area that's always been sort of a problem. So for them to build on top of that and then expand outwards beyond it would have been huge. Right, because basically what would have happened is there wouldn't have been any security there at that South Point and it would have just been a it would been a more narrow walkway because everyone's now been through security and all it is is just people walking into the part of the Esplanade. Mm-hmm. So like you could have moved Hollywood land out there, made a big new ride, done a whole... So like there were all these plans that then got changed because that gateway project got uh got shuttered or whatever mm-hmm. um so it affected not just all this kind of infrastructural stuff it's a little dry it changed the makeup of of marvel probably land. marvel yeah. yeah the chances are it was probably marvel and it was going to go over there and now it's in bugs land or whatever and it should be said disney doesn't need these taxes disney is kind of up there with like amazon and apple of like 
more money than God, like can do whatever they want. And yeah. Once the Fox merger goes through at the start of 2019, they will be a massive media company, even bigger. They're already massive. And, so and, like, the, whole, sure. and the, the greater spectrum of, of media right now is that Netflix dropped a bomb on everything and everywhere is struggling. And uh, until unless places can figure out their streaming situation and Disney is almost is one of the companies that probably more, the only company guaranteed that when they start their streaming service, I mean, unless something goes horribly awry. Like that, they're the Disney's. Once they pull all their movies and shows from all the other from Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, yeah, they're a force to be reckoned with immediately out of the gate. So sure. their their new media future is fantastic. Uh, of course, the biggest uh, uh, victim of that Netflix bomb, the idea of curation and taste, because uh, Netflix is now everything uh uh-huh uh but uh, every are you saying that not every netflix show is a masterpiece out of the gate uh uh that that uh yeah whatever the i can't even remember half of these shows like there's there's four new series a day every Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's yeah, you. If you liked Apocalypse Now, maybe you'll like the Miranda Sing show. <laughs> so a friend texted me. A friend from high school texted me just yesterday, saying like, "It's very funny that Netflix is putting out uh, uh, the the they they paid for the finishing funds for the other side of the wind." Orson Welles's mm-hmm. last unfinished film, oh, yeah. um, and it it is available uh, to watch now. And he's like, "It's funny because they have like." no movies before 1980 so like the main sort of story point of the movie of aging studio director trying to make an imprint in you know artist driven 70s hollywood uh there's no context there there's no you can't watch the movies to contextualize this they did somehow make two documentaries about finishing the other side of the wind so i guess that kind of contextualizes it but uh, yeah, so Netflix many... will increasingly become Netflix properties from 2015 and beyond, yes. which is why they're making so much so that they can say we have a gazillion hours of shows because they're about to lose not <laughs> just Disney, but probably a ton of other media companies because yeah. uh, they've all helped uh, Netflix get rich. This is it's madness right now. Everything's madness on mm-hmm. our on our level, on the on gigantic media level. It's uh, everything's Everything and on is, theme park level. Everything is bad, like I said earlier. So uh, make sure to uh, support your uh, local local independent self owned media. Uh, Patreon.com slash podcast the ride <laughs> podcast the ride on Team Public. Don't just uh, don't just go watch Star Wars movies. Listen to us analyze characters in the background of mm-hmm. Star Wars uh-huh. movies and support us uh, doing so. There will be a whole DJ Rex episode for sure on Patreon next year. And you know what? Since this has become, we'll get back on track, but since this has become essentially a what's going on, not just in a bad ways, but good ways, uh, uh, in the current state of the Disneyland Resort, did you guys catch the Jim Hill scoop that apparently... Disney is not confirmed. It's not done. Apparently, Disney has asked Paul Rubens to reprise his role as the voice of Rex. You know, I did not DJ see Rex. that. I mean, that makes a lot of sense, of mm-hmm. course. So that's very good How news. How could they not? If I love DJ Rex being there, but if it's not Paul Rubens, I don't want him to talk. For I just sure. want him to be a Would- prop. But if, but if they get him and there's huh. new Rex dialogue, I will be so, so excited. If 
Disney came to you, Scott, and said, would you do the voice of Rex? Would Absol- you turn- absolutely not. No, you would that, not. I would not commit the sacrilege myself. Would you write dialogue for the animatronic to say? I would, yeah. if they need anyone to do so. <laughs> After we just trashed them. <laughs> yeah, for an and we'll continue to, to do so. No, we're, look, we're, we're not uh, trashing the creative people. We're screwing ourselves yeah. over in terms of the Disney for relationship. Sure. But, uh, I don't know. Thankfully, we there's so honest, much media, they'll probably never hear it. Good point. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Sure wasn't that popular no 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 No, it's not (laughs) hey the disney executives they gotta finish watching maniac and the haunting of hill house just like everyone else you know (laughs) and as yeah and as soon as uh as soon as scott gets the deal to write the guardians of the galaxy spinoff tv show on disney play (laughs) that features uh cosmo the dog Mm-hmm. Uh, then we'll take this episode right down. Oh yeah, no, I will sure. be. Yeah. I'd be asking anyone to pull uh, right. as much as, as possible. Yeah. So, Although, again, to contextualize it, uh, uh, it's not just Disney doing all this this stuff. Oh, it's we're, everyone. We're yeah, slagging. Sure. Uh, it's everyone. Every mm-hmm. company in every field. There is a of reminder. Us. There's no benevolent companies uh, besides yeah. like charities. So back to us being conflicted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Basically, the sum up was what we realized is that. Okay, if a crazy kiss-ass government, there's a good chance we could get bigger, better rides because now Disney feels much more comfortable. They're getting more money in taxes back, or maybe they'll just get like Anaheim will pay for a new Spider-Man ride. Like who knows what crazy thing they can trick or make lobby their way into getting from mm-hmm. the government so what's hotels, what, what's yeah what's on the table okay yeah yeah the, ho- I mean, the hotel potentially I, hotel, all of these more hotel, maybe, all of these canceled plans could be back on the right, table we, we could, have not seen this many things canceled since that beloved disney anniversary special hosted by uh uh the late great harry anderson mm-hmm. featuring r- coming soon rides the majority of which never came to fruition yeah right? we could be looking at something closer to a, a new disney decade where it's it happens it's possible i mean yeah obviously in the short term i would imagine that parking garages and hotels are of the highest priority because they need more rooms because this if you have if, if you guys haven't noticed lately the park is insane the parking yeah. garage fills up it, like Mickey and Friends fills up in the middle of the afternoon most days I get alerts on Twitter every day Mickey and Friends is full it's like we need more parking more rooms it it severely impacts like did you have a good time there today or not it makes it yeah it it makes you more tired mm-hmm. I yeah. can still have a good time when t- we can, tried to get out of the park when we tried to get out of california adventure the crowd the one time we were there and um uh uh the the paint the night parade was happening Mm -hmm. it was the infrastructure had fallen apart like the parade was passing but the parade goes around the main entrance sort of pathways so you could not cross you could not exit the park without taking an insane rat and so it's just mobs of people they don't have enough people working directing it's crazy it's crazy and it's like i I mean i'm just saying it because i want another theme park but it is once you once you've been there and you've gone for so many years and it's been like pretty bad for years now it's like make the third park i mean do something make it half the size of these parts like something Mm -hmm. right now because this is crazy like obviously so many people are going to this like, like they're just trying to maximize. Never stop, the parks had never been better. The way they've juiced up California Adventure, you have two crazy high quality parks 
back to back only to be improved by galaxy's mm-hmm. edge yeah and other parks don't have as we said disney world is sort of its own self-contained entity uh they've got plenty of room to spread people out uh universal orlando kind of butts up against a lot of houses and neighborhoods they still have a lot of area to work with and they're expanding uh down the road they've bought up a bunch of land and stuff to expand to they keep adding hotels universal hollywood is kind of in an odd spot because it's right in the you know right around a lot of houses and businesses and stuff. Because it's on multiple elevations. Multiple and has elevations, very but it is a self-contained movie studio and stuff. The Both universals on both coasts, the issue they deal with is noise after a certain point. You'll mm-hmm. notice Universal Orlando not open super late most of the time. As Same opposed with to Universal Disney, Hollywood. which just blares Phantasmic <laughs> and neighbors have to deal with it every mm-hmm. night at yeah, 10 o'clock. At 10, yeah. If you leave, I was, we were, I was in the parking garage like hearing like at the far end of the parking garage and you could hear phantasmic as if you were watching it as if you were right in it um so uh yeah a a lot's at stake beyond the infrastructural stuff uh um so this was a very important election so let's let's say the uh the specific races and what was at stake mayor tom tate who has been tough on Disney and who has led a Disney, an anti-Disney dominated city council. Tom Tate, uh, no longer the mayor. He termed has finished out. his term out, finished his termed last term. out, reached term limit. So yes. it's not like he was kicked out because he was, he was bad or anything. And no. when we say tough on Disney, it's still very, very <laughs> PR, very discourse heavy. Oh, like, yeah, it's just well, asking basic necessities. Very, very, very tame. Like, no one's cursing. No one's like that salty Beto O'Rourke saying everyone did a great fucking job or whatever. <laughs> How dare you? No, he? I'm kidding. Uh, uh, it's <laughs> the most human moment in politics all year. It's Beto O'Rourke yeah, cursing good on job, stage. Beto. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, he tried, tried hard. He did good. But the. Um, yeah, it's still it's still civil. And even like the the people who are when I say, quote unquote, anti Disney, they're all still on record saying Disney is so important to this community and sure. we want this relationship to work well. Nobody's like, kick them out. Um, there's no, you know, so, yeah. so anti Disney is barely anything. But when you're dealing on Disney's level, anything other than do whatever the fuck you want is is a problem. Yes. And that is why Disney has spent more in this election uh, than ever before, one point five million dollars in spending via a pack. Sorry, I'm gonna. T- I just saw today the number is closer to one point six. Oh, all right. <laughs> the Even most more? expensive uh, unions also spending one point five million. But yeah, regardless, the most expensive election in Anaheim history, right. which would indicate, like we were saying, like the plans they have are big, probably, for different things, uh-huh. which is, indicates uh-huh. that they're willing to spend this much money. This is just stuff we know about. Like, there, there could right. be st- stuff that isn't even on the table that's not announced. And uh, uh, so they have they have pumped a lot of money to certain candidates via an organization called SOAR, which, is, <laughs> which stands for Support Our Anaheim Resort. Now, SOAR isn't only... Disney. It's also, uh, you know, the it's Garden Walk. It's anybody building fancy hotels. Uh, and right now, Mickey has just risen atop a giant uh, cake, and okay. Bob Iger like is still playing in yeah, the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been yeah. the background of all this has included the Disney special. Donald is in a sparkly sailor mm, suit. I like this too. I would like to see I this. I kind of like oh, having. 
This is yeah, this is good. Maybe I like it having been a much. visual in the back. This this reminds me of like taking meetings at like fancy companies and they have TVs silently playing stuff in the lot. It's it's it it makes me feel important. It's keeping what things are, alive and it's good to see future guest John Stamos having a good time. <laughs> yeah. Sta- guaranteed future guest John Stamos. Uh we'll make it happen, Dan. That's the white whale. Um so uh, Disney, it's tons of money spent by Disney for so, in, via SOAR. Uh, tons of money spent by unions. Uh, the most combative Anaheim relationship ever. So not only is the mayorship up for grabs, but also three seats in the Anaheim City Council, enough to flip things uh, pro or anti-Disney. Yes, it's, it is a seven-seat... Okay, local elections are confusing. Uh, it is a seven-seat city council, including the mayor is one of those seats. It's called a council manager government. That's the yeah, style of government. That is the style of government. Uh, all of these seats used to be elected at large, meaning like everyone's voting uh, uh, for every candidate. As of 2016, due to an ACLU lawsuit, the, the seats, the council seats are allocated more like oh this person represents these districts this person represents these districts makes more sense to me also it makes more sense because it is more representative of anaheim at large the older system apparently uh did not accurately represent uh, the the people who did not benefit from that system was unfairly a large latino population of anaheim Mm -hmm. once again these all of these breakdowns occurring while a TV is on mute in the background where Pluto is dancing up a storm. This is the perfect synthesis of uh, this podcast <laughs> and of our, us, bra- and of our brains. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is left politics meet Pluto dancing, <laughs> dancing in a sparkly collar. This is how Jason, our brains are broken. <laughs> Jason is talking about precincts, and I looked, and Scott is just looking like lovingly at the TV <laughs> as really Pluto was. is dancing. It's hard to and be I was mad tra- at Pluto. I was trying to do both. I was like, oh yeah, Jason sings very yeah. important. I also I like, saw the writer. Oh, credits and there was a writer credit for joe saunders is that the joe saunders that, that we, we know? know what comedy Hold bang on. bang writer Do you want to text him um we'll see i don't know i, I, I am end. gonna text it I, you know what i was gonna host I of doughboy's to... spinoff uh, the breadcast uh yes um joe saunders so a lot distracting me but let yes let's get back to disenfranchisement uh um <laughs> i uh Okay, so what, what what were you driving at, Jason? Though in terms of this, oh, so no, it's so it's a, a new, it's a it's a it's a, a very specific kind of system, and one that has just changed in recent years. Now, I think the change is good. Um, the other thing that I learned about this, and uh, this is apparently another thing very common in more local elections, because they tend to be more managerial positions. There is less of an emphasis on quote unquote. Uh, Party politics, partisan politics. A lot of this is, again, quote unquote, nonpartisan politics, where the candidates do not have an RDI next to their names. That said, if you are a registered Democrat or Republican, you are, it's very easy to look that up. So you can kind of get a gauge of where these people may fall on the political spectrum, which is more reliable than looking up the candidate websites, all of which are the same cookie cutter templates and largely PR speak and kind of confusing. Okay. Okay. Sure. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, there's a, it's just basically not putting that in your face because 
like I've noticed that down there's a race in Orange County that still hasn't been decided. Uh, and on all the flyers for both candidates, they never mention Republican or Democrat, hmm. even though they're clearly they have a party. But like just in the advertising, either way, they're not trying to associate with parties. Oh, so strange. like this is like an yeah. even more extreme version of it. But like do a little digging and you gotcha. can make a pretty good guess. Pretty good guess, especially some of them have ran for state assembly right, where you then, do know the political affiliation. Right. Uh, well, so what I'm thinking is we go, how about we reveal this in backwards order? Let's, okay. we, because we have the results in front of us. We know who was backed by SOAR slash Disney. Uh, <laughs> so you want to start with District 6? Let's is start that with, right? that's what I'm thinking. Let's, let's, yeah, let, we're soaring over District 6. Uh, uh, okay, so. Uh, uh, the, uh, uh, all right. Anaheim City Council District 6. Uh, the, uh, Disney, uh, endorsed candidate Trevor O'Neill, anti-Disney Grant Henninger, and Patty Gabby. And again, anti, I don't know. I, I some of these I have numbers and some of them I don't. Wait, in terms is this of who... Jose Moreno's district though? No, no, no. no. Oh, this oh is okay. Everyone. Excuse me. Uh, um, okay. So, uh, but they, that, I'm also going, I think, in backwards order of what they how much they spent on on candidates uh but okay so now, again most of this coming through political action committees because there's a certain amount individuals or companies can give i think it's like two thousand dollars twenty five hundred there's a certain limit of what individuals can give like two thousand dollars is the limit yes and and but the way around that you give to a political action committee who gives to your candidate of your choice yeah, it's so, just a bunch of fucking shit that yeah, everyone's allowed money, to get away with this. so much yeah. cheating it was all cute it was very oh it wasn't a funny back in like 2006 when colbert made his own political action committee and we all laughed and had a good time and now it's all <laughs> uh hell since the mm -hmm. supreme court uh ruling in 2010 that kind of uh, changed and made mm -hmm. corporations people uh, uh, saying limits on how much money they could give essentially limits free speech rights. So like anything, it's all gotten a lot worse. All right. Anyway, but at least this one, depending on how it goes, could lead to more rides. It's uh, possible. So, unlike, unlike other dark evil. In the, okay. So here we go. Disney's endorsed candidate Trevor O'Neill. And in the election in District 6, the winner was... Trevor, Trevor O'Neill. Yep. Disney takes a seat. Yes. Uh, all right. Moving on to District 3. Uh, now, they Disney fought hard in the last election and fought hard against a candidate named Jose Moreno, who you yeah. mentioned, uh, who is who has served since then. Uh, and they put up a guy named Jordan Brandman who lost to Jose Moreno. I watched a little video of Jose Moreno. Seems like good, reasonable guy. Yeah. Uh, uh, seems seems like good, like good with the neighborhood. Um, and uh, you know, again, not like it's not this harsh anti-Disney rhetoric. He just wants the neighborhood to get a share. Excuse me. Uh, yeah, Disney. Um, could do we just a little tax um to fix some of the roads uh no fuck you no, jose <laughs> go fuck yourself here is one of the the hard hard firm ball busting lines of jose moreno if disney has its way in this election it's another worthwhile investment a million dollars in an election so you can get a 300 million dollar subsidy moreno said at a council meeting recently mm -hmm, he's right fuck you, fuck dude. you. Jose in Spider-Man, communist <laughs> son of a bitch <laughs> uh so they put up a candidate mitch caldwell disney's candidate is mitch caldwell and the winner in anaheim city council district three is 
Jose, Jose Moreno. Moreno. Still Jose hanging on to the seat. does not take the seat. Uh, this seems good. Moreno seems good. Um, so he, I, hopefully he is a voice for uh, uh, for the city of Anaheim. Well, uh, never mind. I won't say that until we're done with this. Okay, sure. <laughs> um, so let's go back. Let's go to Anaheim City Council District Two. Uh, Disney's candidate Jordan Brandman, who lost to Jose Moreno in the prior election. I don't know who was the main anti-Disney. Oh, Vanderbilt, I think is is the name. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Disney spent. Almost $300,000 to support Brandman, who supported subsidies for Disney and luxury hotel developments while a city councilman. Uh, so Brandman is Disney's guy. And in District 2, the winner is Jordan Brandman. Mm-hmm. Disney takes the seat. Two seats. Two so far of the three up for grabs. And that brings us to the mayor. Uh, the main is eight candidates for mayor, uh, uh, probably, you know, four or five of, were seemingly worthy of serious consideration. Main anti-Disney candidate, Ashley Aitken, uh, again, yeah, very just like from should do their share and labor background, your uh, hotel, uh, uh, service industry background. Oh, okay. Think, sure. The way I understand it. Okay. Okay. Uh, um, and by, by the way, also some of these, you know, did, did did Disney do these things directly? No. Did they funnel money into campaigns that ultimately led to flyers that were like, Aitken wants ho- the homeless overrunning the streets? Mm-hmm. And uh, yes, Disney did lead to like scary flyers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, probably. Not dissimilar to Trump's like recent border fear tactics mm-hmm. and the lead up to the- Another candidate in this election was using the Angels logo in uh, oh, yeah, door hanging material. Oh. Uh, you are not supposed to do that. Oh, oh, really? So that oh, that's a that's a cheat. Huh. Well, I I think I don't think the angels encouraged it, saying you know the companies don't typically want their official like logos and implied backing of like I want to keep this company, I want to keep the angels here. Like the angels were not funding that or something. So oh, a little uh, bit of shady relationship, yeah, implied or, relationship, right. a little shady. I see. Well, yes. So the the main guy who is soft on Disney, who Disney supported, uh, Harry Sidhu. Is do we think that's the pronunciation? S i d h u. Sidhu. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, think I would guess. So yeah. Yeah. Um. So and, and is uh he he's been saying we're gonna keep uh, uh we're, we're gonna try yeah. to get angels to very. Stay. I mean the easiest Google is is. What political party is Harry Sidhu in? Uh, he's a Republican. And he ran as a Republican for other positions. Uh-huh. And has a lot on his website about, like, a business, small business. The the real heroes of America, small business owners. <laughs> like Disneyland. Like Disneyland. Yes. Uh, and yeah. he's called it, he's called Disneyland the crown jewel of the city. And we have to, uh, you know, like, like, we have to support them and it creates jobs. And, and by the way, I'll voice that side of things that disney builds hotels it is they sure. it is yeah, jobs it is uh, it is it's, it's tourism tourist puts money town. Into it's the, a company town yeah it isn't it isn't as if disney having a free ticket to do whatever they want is like specifically a malicious thing but they just they could treat people better those wages could be higher well um, it's that article is disney paying its fair share in anaheim that's mm-hmm. the question really yeah and the answer is no i think they could probably know to pay more and think a little more about their workers well-being and not just their shareholder well-being or executive well-being because lord knows disney's executive compensation 
has followed the trend in America of like workers' wages go up a little bit, executive wages go up a lot. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, okay, so Disney does not want Aitken. Disney wants Harry Sidhu, and the winner of the Anaheim mayoral election is Harry Sidhu. Mm-hmm. Disney's Sidhu. man wins significantly and i will say a lot of these results significant victories not a squeaker like so many of the midterm elections that we've seen disney demolished this election they got everything they want they flipped the council the gates are open they soared over campaign finance laws (laughs) (laughs) soaring over campaign finance laws is very funny. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah, they won uh, big. I, I saw the number now that it's like basically the mayor also, as Jason told me before this, is just sort of a member on the council, basically. That's how this works is like everybody votes, yeah. but he doesn't have any really more. His vote doesn't matter more than anyone else. He's just sort of a ceremonial post. Yeah, it's a figurehead and, and also he represents Anaheim when dealing with the uh, right. state government, federal government, any sort of that sort of thing yeah so, so it's and 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 the current the people who are pro and anti-disney stay uh, uh so uh but that that brings it to uh what is it i think it's i think it's five. Four, oh, five. i think okay. it was five two i five, saw two. Right, Jason? all right strong uh, i think that was about right i was having trouble reading that's what i saw somebody's yeah i was trying to read everyone but somebody said five it's, two at least four three this is a another uh downside to media consolidation it's very hard to find local coverage uh yes uh, of or at least varied coverage honestly the thing i was finding most update i was just typing into twitter anaheim mayor anaheim city council and that was kind of when we were texting last night, I was sending tweets. I was finding from uh, Orange County reporters kind right. of giving up. Mm-hmm. And like, like there's a, there was a couple, maybe one tw- Disney Twitter. I'm going to pat ourselves on the yeah. back here. I didn't even see this as being a huge story for everyone. So like those bumper car boys really dropped the ball. Yes. By not covering this a little bit more. Well, only you're yeah. only getting the election analysis. We were eyeing it last night. We were texting each other about it. Mm-hmm. This is this is important info to analyze. And honestly, I think this is a pretty big st- I mean, there's so much going on midterms wise in the world that I can see why this isn't a more publicized sure. situation. Oh, sure. Yeah, this uh, was sure. huge but midterms. I th- hopefully in the next couple of months this is like this does get more of a spotlight from, you know, LA and Orange County media because think about this. This is like Disney has been boxed in by a combative mayor's office and city council and they flipped it. It is pro Disney. They have their run of the city now. That's they can what do what they want. Yeah, and measure L passed like you said, but Disney thinks that it does not apply to them necessarily the way the language is written it doesn't seem like it does the measure l thing is interesting because in the larger uh uh, picture of the midterms a number of states some of them very red passed overwhelmingly minimum wage increases similar to this one uh uh and i i i'll give him credit i forget uh uh not him uh i'll give them credit um their exact wording a writer named alex perine uh pointed out like yeah this is very interesting that uh left-leaning labor favoring um policies uh uh, initiatives propositions that sort of thing do even in red states red counties red neighborhoods 
uh, are popular, are popular with voters, hmm. not necessarily, but that doesn't always translate to Democrats or progressive candidates are popular, but the ideas are popular. They like the ideas of the left, but they want to ass kicking, uh, pile driving asshole leading the ship. We, yeah. we want real sons we've, of bitches in we've charge. We've really cornered ourselves in the insane cult of personalities that govern like uh, uh, politics in America. That's true. But it's always been like that, actually, I think. Yeah, I, I don't think that's wrong, but uh, mm-hmm. we may have been cornering ourselves for 200 plus years. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. Um, so, I mean, this makes me worried that, you know, if, if Mickey is kind of like the, uh, the overseer unofficially of Disneyland, are we going to see a rise of a more populist mean candidate like Pete or like uh, Captain Mm. Hook or like, uh, are we going to start seeing Captain Hook leading the shows or James Woods's? Uh, Hades. Uh, Hades. Yeah, we're going to see Hades dethrone Mickey as the primary. We're, <laughs> the most popular see... character in Disney is now Hades. The, yeah, the planter <laughs> is going to be Hades when you walk in. You're going to look for hidden Hades all over all of the rides. Walton Hades statue has been erected in Main Street. I yeah. hate to say it, but I have read that like when Hades shows up in the park or at like, you know, spook like a ticketed events. Very popular. It puts Disney in a weird position because James Woods is out of his mind. Mm-hmm. Well, and, as long as he's never going to do the voice again. So no, no. Scott, would you take the role as Hades if offered to you? Yeah, that one. Yeah, that okay. one's no problem. Yeah, right. yeah I'll sure be a thing, perfect babe. Hades. Um, uh, yeah, I. Uh, what the, what's his deal? He kind of talks a little more like a uh, natural. He's kind of a. Let's uh, do lunch, uh, yeah, yeah, let's, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, got yeah. a Spago. He's like referencing '90s uh, Hollywood stuff, mm-hmm. uh, which maybe, uh, jokes Eisner likes. Uh, sure. Yeah, isn't that that's my vague? All right, so there. Spago. I prove Spago. I like that. Uh, um, or doesn't Hades sound like uh, open the gates of hell? <laughs> that's what that's Hades' voice, isn't it? Yeah. Um, okay, so what we have learned, Disney why everything we've talked about this Disney whole episode. One. So what happens? What do we think happens? Uh, it's a very good question because there's the there's like the depressing end, and there's the at least like well, I don't like that Anaheim is suffering, but we do get two more theme parks in the next 10 years. I do feel do like that. I no, think no, you're no, over optimistic. No, yeah. I, no, I didn't say that was happening. I'm saying there's the, there's the two extremes, I think. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, I think probably cause these terms like, like every, t- they're staggered these council seats too. So it's like every two years, I believe that some of them come uh, up. Yes. Every two years, uh, okay. some of the seats. Are I up. have to imagine that we, I think that, we're going to just see a lot of these projects we're talking about come back. I think we'll see more money for different things at downtown Disney, maybe a paradise pier hotel redo, maybe one more hotel. There was talk also when that, when that hotel was initially going to be not where it is in downtown Disney, that it was going to be situated that such that a wing of it would be the star Wars hotel in Anaheim, which they are building in Orlando. Okay. So there was talk that they would build that four diamond hotel, but a wing of it is the interactive, crazy expensive star Wars hotel. Mm. So I feel like for two years, they're just going to take care of that stuff. I think they'll build what they were already planning on building ride wise. But I think that this, this pro Disney thing has to last for years 
to get like third park because there's it doesn't yeah. seem like there's any ch- uh, not a thought about it they do not care as long as they're making as much money as they no. are they limited can time us. events they'll do limited time events other ticketed events and like they yeah. will put off new attractions for as long as they can we and, haven't really had anything new new I guess Guardians, but that was a reskin. But it's a reskin. I mean, well, we've Cars landed five, six years ago, whatever. Galaxy's yeah. Edge is coming. Yeah. Galaxy's Edge. And yeah. I do think we're in the even without this, they're about to build more. Like obviously, like Marvel, there's going to be at least some ride. We haven't even talked about how the sort of plans may be leaked, and there's the Spider-Man ride we thought which was going to come is like now a very like lame sounding shooter 3D ride. Well, sounds a little gutted potentially, yeah. Yeah, yeah but I mean, there's still gonna there's the Mickey and Minnie's run, Runaway Railway is probably gonna be built in that Disneyland, is announced. and that mm-hmm. is in, well, that not in, for Disneyland. Is it, it not announced? Not. It's it's just a strong oh, sorry, rumor. It's rumor saying. Oh, okay. But that has weird infrastructure implications too, because that would go backstage in like the entertainment building, which is also the building they launched the fireworks off of. So oh. they have to figure out. Where well, to launch the fireworks? Where to put all those entertainment departments? I think people. residents' homes. I think <laughs> people work out of the roofs of the apartment buildings behind the park. Yeah. yeah, I think the fireworks stuff was already like they were figuring out what to do because of Star Wars Land. But it is interesting that I heard that supposedly they're just gonna gut the building. The building's gonna is there already? It's just an office building, and they're just gonna take the floors out, and then the rides going in there. Whoa, weird. Because it's, it's a screen ride, basically, but it's supposed to be very impressive. So it's just they're going to, the building is big enough where they can just set the screens up and have this, like a similar, yeah. I'm sure it'll be laid out a little different and than the Hollywood And the only casualty Studios. in Toontown is a single gift shop. Like you yeah. would, that would be the entrance, but then you would go back towards this off uh, backstage building. No attractions eliminated and you keep Gadget's Go Coaster, you keep Roger Rabbit's uh, cartoon spin. It's a best case scenario in terms of uh, yeah. attractions and keeping Toontown intact. And it's like Tony said, there's a lot more land. He said, Tony Baxter said in our live ups, there's a lot more land than you think at Disneyland that's still available. And if you look yeah. on the map, I, you can kind of see what he's talking about back there. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so there's, uh, my point was just that they're building a lot of rides. I don't know that that was going to change depending on this election, but I think at least the next two years, we're going to see a lot of that type of parking garage stuff, hotel stuff, downtown this, Disney probably this stuff. Probably this hotel comes back. Maybe Eastern Gateway comes back. Yeah. I think they're probably right now parsing what this decision oh, yeah. means for them. Yeah. Do you want to take it a step further? Do we think that it's possible that some of these local hotels in order to keep them in compliance, that we have armed guards with Mickey-shaped armor uh, and and heavy assault rifles, like watching over the Howard Johnson across the street. Do we have do we have armed Mickey guards policing Anaheim under the purview of Mayor CU? That's oh. a sort of twisted idea I would expect CU. from Escape from Tomorrow. <laughs> Escape from Tomorrow. Uh, there will there will be a rise of cat flu. Mayor Siju oh. will know about it Got and he him. will not do anything. Uh, that th- I mean, the the looking ahead to the future, uh, should they confirm the Mickey and Mickey, Minnie Runaway Railway, presumably that would mean brand new attraction back in Toontown. They're not, they could not stop closing Toontown at like six or seven o'clock at night. I would think you would have to keep Toontown open all night to get people into this brand new attraction that would take some people away from star Wars land. Mm -hmm. And, uh, even if they scale back on the fireworks, do more projection, a kind of stuff, 
well, we got a brand new ride. We got people out of the the mess of Star Wars land. Is that a win-win for a little while until we figure out a fireworks alternative? Wait, what you're saying that they're going to that that they're just going to stick with what they're doing? I well, I'm saying if the if they do confirm that the Mickey and Minnie Runaway Railway is going back in Toontown, they keep Toontown open later at night. Mm-hmm. It takes away some of the crowds from Star Wars land. Yeah, maybe the fireworks aren't as impressive for a little while, but isn't that a net positive that we sure. get some people out of Star Wars land and keep them distracted with the shiny new attraction? Sure. Fireworks become a screen. Fireworks are a screen now. They lower the screen. Uh, uh, They fly in Anaheim airspace, noisy helicopters allowed by the mayor. Right. But to go back to what Scott is saying uh, with the armed guards, Mm -hmm. do you think that the fireworks start to become missiles and they can shoot them at people and businesses in Anaheim to make the businesses blow up? Well, that's the sort of twisted idea I would expect at Banksy's Dismaland. Mm, Uh, (laughs) Like Captain Kidd's buffet will get shot at by firework missiles. They're asking for it already with their military imagery. They're they've with calling themselves captain. They've presented Mm. an affront all these years to the Disney Resort, and yeah, now they're going to pay for it. Uh, There's been talk about drones. In in uh, Disney shows, coordinated drones making shapes and making yeah. Mickey ears and stuff. Mm-hmm. What's to stop those drones from uh, giving Captain Kids a what, what for? Shooting it? firework bombs at them. Mm-hmm. I think that on the the bridge will now be maybe extended, and that you will have little like kind of things that'll like areas that you'll jut out, and you'll be able to walk up and down harbor above it and spit on the businesses. <laughs> Like the tourists can spit along. Surely like, that would undo the parlay that Disney has had with Captain Kidd's establishment for many years. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what this is all about, I think. And there will mm. be, and the, and they'll also have increased funds to have drinking fountains every five feet on the bridge, so you can be nice and salivated. <laughs> so it's not just a soft amount of spit; it's a torrent of spit mm-hmm. uh, when you want to, uh, you know. Uh, I forget what else is down there. The uh, the Annabelle. They'll hand out a uh, dip too. <laughs> oh, oh sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can, yeah, you you can blacken the sidewalks outside of these places. So then the Yelp reviews start going down. Mm-hmm. Filthy sidewalks spit everywhere. I would never stay here. I'd only stay at the new luxury Star Wars hotel. Mm-hmm. You know, there's got to be a review somewhere of someone going like, I don't like going to Disneyland. I, I get a lot of dirty looks when I dip. <laughs> When I walk around with my dip cup, we got to Google that to see if that's uh, that's the case. Mm-hmm. I, um, I, I'm thinking about something. I think maybe it's you know I, 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 what I'm concerned about with this increased power that that Disney is going to have by flipping these seats. I think it presents a problem for local hmm. uh, businesses and local other theme parks. Like they they have such power now in the face of of places like Knotts, who we've become more friendly with and i think it's important i what i think is that there should be legislation that kind of reaches a handout to knots and that's why i think we uh should uh, our pack the ptr pack mm-hmm. should introduce a measure and i want to call the measure measure adg and this would provide crucial infrastructure for the building of a ride that would link Disneyland mm-hmm. to Knott's Berry Farm. Mm-hmm. You didn't catch my drift. I mean, ADG, what, I just chose those letters at random, right. but it could provide for the, you know, for the installation of a ride based on 
the Apple Dumpling Gang, mm-hmm. the ride that we pitched to Tony Baxter that would shuttle people back and forth between Knott's and Disney, and that would show that we are the greatest Imagineers of the 21st century. Well, I think that is a great idea. I think we need to make everyone know that we are the greatest Imagineers of the 21st century, but we also, this also makes sense just from other stuff that we're doing on the podcast. What was, mm-hmm. is the pack is ADG? Is that uh, what did we call uh, it? What we, did you call it? Oh, PTR pack. The PTR pack would, I mean, there's probably a, you know, way to disguise Mm. that it's us uh, uh mm. you know it's uh, it's some little acronym it's it's Im- Im- improve our riots i o i o r pack um <laughs> the childless pack great uh uh and, and it, i mean really we should figure out something that wolf stands for so that we can be the wolf pack oh that's uh, good uh, yeah. but you know so uh, like you know well, work, workers cool. uh overseeing uh, I, I have to figure out the math on that but the you know the little podcast the PTR pack the wolf pack we all we whatever it is we introduce measure ADG mm-hmm. and which I think and that's going to land with such a bang I think it'll pass easily and I think the person front and center of measure ADG Jason Sheridan will prove that he has what it takes right. to get further involved in local politics and become the mayor of the DLR. Well, resort. it's time we all rolled up our sleeves and used the levers of power to mm-hmm. our to benefit our I, ourselves and others, for we are the the theme park going public. Right. And I also would like to allocate some of the money from that pack from a proposition I'm calling Proposition T. Proposition T requires all ice cream sold at Disney <laughs> to come with one complimentary topping. Unless Whoa. you don't want it. I think it's time. Is there a discount we, if you don't want it? You know what? If you don't want it, there is a slight discount. Oh, mm. I like that. It's yeah, like yeah. not getting chips with your corn dog. You pay a little less. You should. Yes. I like the sound of this. This is, seems like a pretty fully worked out proposition. It's it's I think it's time to uh pass some of the the benefits of all of this development back to the guests. You know, and it's certainly not going to be Disney lowering prices anytime soon. That would be the craziest news story theme park news has seen in years. If they're like, tickets are $20 less now. Mm -hmm. I mean, they should do that. Uh, That would be great. Mm -hmm. But in the meantime, we need to look for other avenues to get the benefits to people. And I think a complimentary topping of sprinkles or nuts or fudge or however you, the ice cream buying uh, guest, choose to allocate that. Mm hmm. That is your choice. I think that is a great idea. I think that is a really nice first proposal. Um, I, I had an idea, and I tell me if this is wild. Um, you've been doing some reporting for us lately. Um, there's going to be an episode on the Patreon coming out. You did some good reporting. You went to sure. report at Universal Horror Nights. What if we send you, Jason Sheridan, future mayor of Disneyland, our cub reporter, to interview the mayor of Anaheim, Harry Sidhu, and you sat down with him and you just talked a little bit. You sort of took his temperature on everything where it was going. I don't think this is out of the realm of possibility. I don't think there's a ton of people, as we were talking about, it's hard to find good coverage of this stuff in Anaheim. Is there a chance, first of all, would you agree to a sit down with the mayor of Anaheim? And do we think we can make it happen? I mean, I'd need to think about that. Oh, you um, might. Okay, you're not going to agree to I, this. I... <laughs> For the sake of the show, I'll say yes. For the sake of my well-being, I'll say I'm now covered in uh, Jeff Garland episode levels of flop sweat. Oh, is that right? <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> I don't have him here or anything. I'm not about to ambush you with hey! him. 
Oh, no, not, not Jeff. Not Jeff. Uh, Jeff is not here. Harry Jeff's is not been here. Jeff's in the closet the whole time. <laughs> You're going to meet the mayor now. Uh, We're going. Do it, me. <laughs> All right. So you'll think about it. I mean, I think I'll the think fans would like I think they Jason would like to that. sit with Harry. Jason, uh, hashtag Jason and Harry, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Mayor meets mayor. Mayor meets mayor. Mayor meets future mayor. How uh, many minutes do you think it would take for uh, my my contempt for the current political system in America to just seep out of my pores. Well, I think that's a good test for you because you have to work with people that necessarily don't necessarily agree with everything. Well, so that's to work with to, Hades and Pete. You're going to have to reach hook. across the aisle. Mm-hmm. Yes, you're going to have to reach out to that hook. Could, I, could cut your hand, but you could learn something in the process. There was, uh, I did see a, a, I think it was Guy Selga posted a picture from I don't remember if this was when Pooh ran for president, but it was a piece of paper and one side you tore off to vote for Pooh and another side you tore off to vote for Captain Hook. <laughs> what? He was the Hook opposite? Was on the other guy. Wow, Hook really? Hook was running for, oh God, what was it? Was it president? Which if this was, I'm not sure that that election corresponded with um, the presidency of Richard Nixon. But I, I feel like it might have. It was in the 70s, but I could be wrong. But if Nixon was the sitting president and then like there was, as I was saying, like a little like weird right wing uprising, if Pooh had lost the Pooh election <laughs> and, then, and then they had to do events where Captain Hook is the main <laughs> uh, president. I mean, it's entirely possible Pooh went the McGovern route uh, <laughs> and lost <laughs> resoundingly. Pooh at 8%, a crushing blow. Uh, to the his his pro ice cream campaign. I will <laughs> break a story right now that oh. we teased early in the episode. Oh, the breadcast Joe Saunders did write on the Vicky anniversary <gasps> special. Wow, that that's was a, him. Wow, we got to sit down with him. So oh, that's now a great reason to, to have him on. Yes, put him in the hot seat and see if he wrote Mickey Mouse as a round face cartoon. <laughs> Oh, why? Good point. What if those were like weird, sly, like attempts at dry jokes, and that we the are the why they jumped out at us is because it was like the wry sensibilities of Joe Saunders. It's entirely possible that uh, our overwhelming sincerity about uh, theme parks and such blinded us to the irony part of our brains that have uh, been destroyed. I well, I hope it's possible that Joe Saunders just sent in a single pitch, and the pitch was Mickey drums, and then he left. He collected a paycheck, and uh, uh, and uh, my brain was the better for it. Um, I'm very well. We, we got to talk yes, to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We will attempt to get the full scoop on Mickey's ni- on the Mickey's ninetieth writers or the oral history of Mickey's ninetieth. We have promised a lot on this episode, and that's just another promise we've made. <laughs> I can't we wait to promise, forget all of it by Friday. <laughs> we promise more promises. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Well, mayor to mayor sit down. Joe mm-hmm. Saunders oral history. Stamos guest. Stamos, Stamos will be a guest. This is the kind we're starting to make promises for 2019 and the formation of our pack. And if there's anything else you'd like our pack uh, to get up to, mm-hmm. uh, please let us know. Um, you know, I think it's been pretty fascinating to you know, view everything going on in Anaheim through the lens of, of our current political climate and talk about the way that corporations take advantage 
of the little people. I'd also like to say that the Earl of Sandwich, newly reopened now, uh, is presenting the item The Holiday Ham, featuring ham, cheddar, yams, and cranberry sauce on freshly toasted artisan bread. It will join longtime favorite holiday turkey starting on Monday, November 5th. Well, that was this week. So that's the, I, I buried the lead. That's the biggest wow, theme yeah. park headline of the week. Uh, enjoy those sandwiches along with peppermint brownie, uh, peppermint brownie for the perfect quick bite holiday lunch. At the Disneyland Resort. Wow, did you? You're triggering him again. You know that he hasn't had lunch. You're triggering you him. The flop sweat is now doubled. I'm very curious. I, I have not sampled because they always seem to be out of them when I was there, the Earl of Sandwich brownies, but I have had some uh, shitty brownies the last few years. I feel like they're the number one item you see in a bakery case that looks good and it turns out to be very stale. Hmm. Well, yeah, you can yeah. talk to Mayor Sidhu about that and see if he, what his brownie take is. No yeah. more dry brownies. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And maybe, just maybe, you guys can shake hands and have found common ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you survived podcast the ride mm-hmm. uh strident political edition this was this was interesting i'm i was i've been looking yeah. forward to this uh discussion uh um you know we'll get back to to nonsense soon enough uh and and as we said nonsense is available at the mm-hmm. uh at the patreon right now all about uh botanicus um but for uh for for regular nonsense politics or not you can follow us on twitter instagram join our facebook group uh you can buy t-shirts at uh, T Public, T Public, Public. Um, uh, the, uh, with we should make a shirt that's like a listing of all of the political figures Jason will be sitting down with mm-hmm. on his uh, on his mayoral <laughs> quest, um, like a, like a concert tour on my burning bridges uh, rounds. <laughs> um, as long as you don't burn the Eastern Gateway Bridge, yes. sure to be built now at uh, the Anaheim Resort. Um, yeah. Anything else? Mm, I don't know. I think just, that's it. Yeah. Just, uh, support us on the, uh, the pack. We forgot to plug the pack. <laughs> support <laughs> the pack. Um, we'll have another donate. We'll have a link for that. We can sop. give us money. Support our podcast. Mm-hmm. That's good. Um, <laughs> just a bunch of sops. Uh, all right. Well, we'll, uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Bye. Forever. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Mike Carlson, Jason Sheridan, Scott Gardner, Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.